0: Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy, and today we continue Abraham's story. Week one, he was an example of faith, but last week, he failed miserably. Today, he is once again lifted as an example of faithfulness. He is inconsistent because he's human. Last week, Abraham was cowardly, lied, and denied God in his actions, but when he failed, he went back to God, renewed his faith, and followed him. One bad scene does not ruin your whole story. We pick up Abram's story in Genesis chapter 13 verse 2. Now Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. He journeyed on by stages from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made the altar at the first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, and the land could not support both of them living together because their possessions were so great that they could not live together. Thus strife arose between the herders of Abram's flocks and the herders of Lot's livestock. At the time, the Canaanites and Perizzites lived in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, there will be no strife between you and me and between your herders and my herders. For we are kindred, It is not the whole land before you separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right, or if you take the right hand, I will go to the left. Lot looked about him and saw that the plain of the Jordan was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself... All the plain of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed eastward, and they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the plain and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Be content with the Lord and at peace with people. To be content means to be satisfied, to be pleased as a permanent state of mind. Contentment leads to peace not only in yourself, but also with other people. Abram chose peace instead of conflict with Lot because he trusted God to provide and care for him. He is content with God who is his goodness, peace, joy, and hope. When you are content in God, you will be free to put people before things. This is the way to peaceful, fulfilling, joyful relationships. The passage tells us that Abram had many possessions He had grown wealthy in Egypt, and his nephew Lot had benefited greatly as well. With an increase in things comes an increase of headache and responsibility. For Abram and Lot, there wasn't enough land or water for their livestock or shepherds. Throughout Scripture, there are fights and troubles over material wealth and possessions. God teaches us to deny ourselves. Purposefully denying ourselves things we want and don't need is a beneficial spiritual discipline. We see the idea of fasting throughout Scripture, and this is a similar idea. The best way to be rich and not want anything is not to gain more and more money and possessions, but instead learn that you don't need these things. This leads to the truth that God himself is your goodness, peace, joy, and hope. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells this parable about the love of things. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who sent me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will put pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. Notice that this parable was spoken to answer a conflict between brothers concerning their inheritance. This is a perfect, current situation to apply this message. How many times have family members gone through ugly fights and legal battles and not spoken to each other for decades? Greed, asserting my right, coming out on top will rip apart your relationships. Choose the way Abram chose, the way of Jesus self-denial, contentment in God, and peace. He said to Lot, you choose. Your goal in every conflict does not have to be to get your way. Sometimes the better result is simply peace, letting go, humbling yourself, and focusing on Jesus. What are you after that is causing you conflict with other people? How does God view that thing? Is it worth the pain and the anger and the distraction away from God and His goodness? Is it worth more than that person? Abram values Lot more than good land. In Abram's interaction with Lot, we learn to serve others and put them first. When we take the focus off of ourselves and put it on God and others, we see life more clearly. Valuing people over possessions is seeing things as God sees them. Investing in people yields greater returns in peace, joy, and goodness. The land that Lot chose is more fertile, more prosperous. It also led uh, led him to the wicked city of Sodom, which will put him and his family in a terrible situation in the future. The point of this story is that the goodness of God is not bound to the land. It isn't about the material thing. Abram will deny himself, make peace with Lot, take the lesser land, but the ace up his sleeve is that God will be with him no matter which side he gets, And so he has the greatest treasure no matter where he is. This enables him to joyfully choose peace and goodness towards Lot. It isn't the land that equals blessing or joy or contentment. Instead, it is God who satisfies with true goodness. It isn't your circumstances, where you are, or what you have. It is the presence of God that makes the difference. Now, too often in these situations, we want to take control assert ourselves, and get what's ours. But instead, Abram chooses peace with Lot and contentment with God. Abram didn't have have control of Lot's decision. He gave him a real choice and did not know what Lot would choose. We can't control people. Learn to be okay with that. So that no matter which part Lot chooses, you're still content with God. We are constantly setting ourselves up for failure and frustration and conflict when we are trying to control and win everything and make it all just right. Learn to love people instead of trying to control them. There's a big difference, and it will leave you content and at peace. Love people instead of attempting to control them. Abram relinquishes control, knowing he will be good and content In God, no matter what lot chooses. Jesus lived, taught, died, and rose from the dead to give you a new life with Him. He brings you into the presence of God. In the letter to the Hebrews, in chapter 13, verse 5, God inspired the author to write, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For He Himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Our contentment is found in His presence. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He created you to be with Him, and you can only be with Him through Jesus. And you will only love people rightly when you know Jesus and are pleased in Him. When you realize that Jesus alone is your source of the peaceful, joyful, good life, that is contentment. Your changing circumstances won't have control of you. No matter how much money you have, how your health is, how other people are treating you, how your job is going, you will be good because you belong to Jesus and have abundant life in Him. When you look for contentment in things or power or pleasure, then you are shackled to ever-changing circumstances over which you have no control and real confidence. No matter how well you plan or work, those things will fail or change or be stolen, and then you are chained to things, dragging you down. Then we find that even once we obtain what we're chasing, it doesn't fill the hole we thought it would. I bet you can identify with this story. A pilot for a major airline always flew with the same co-pilot, and they always flew the same flight back and forth across the country. Every day on the trip, the co-pilot noticed the pilot shift himself and and look down at the same spot somewhere over West Virginia. One day, the co-pilot asked, What are you looking at? And the pilot answered, As a kid, I used to sit down there fishing on that creek right there, looking up at the planes flying overhead and wishing I was flying. Now I just look down on that creek wishing I was fishing. Don't spend summer wishing for winter and winter wishing for summer. Instead, enjoy God and His gifts, no matter what season it is, whether it's too hot and then again when it's too cold. Listen to Paul describe contentment in Jesus in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I, I know what it is to be, have little and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry. I, of having plenty and of being in need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We are separated from God because of our sin. We are created to be with Him, and so you will always have a big feeling that you're missing something unsatisfied and unfilled apart from Him. No matter how you try to make that right or restore yourself, you can't. Only Jesus can heal and restore you. He lived a sinless life to give you credit. He he died to pay the penalty you deserved, and he rose again on the third day to give you new life with him. You can only know God and experience his goodness and peace through Jesus. You can worship in the most beautiful way, know every word of the Bible, go to the most faithful church, do more good to other people than anyone else. But if you do not believe in Jesus as your God, Savior, and Lord, you do not know God, nor will you ever be satisfied and fulfilled. You will always be searching for more, consuming more, to try to find what can only be found in God. See, God had a plan and a place for Abram. And Abram trusted that the Lord would provide. He believed God would make good on his promises. He didn't feel the need to fight with Lot or battle for his own preferences. This is contentment in action. As Christians, we have the un, ultimate, unshakable, never-changing provision from God. In the ending of this story, God speaks to Abram and he points us to contentment as well. Starting in verse 14. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, raise your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust on the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Rise up, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, and I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. Read God's Word and meditate on the promises He speaks to you. The value of God's presence and the good He is doing to you and intends to do to you dwarfs anything that you can consume or possess for this short life. God tells Abram, raise your eyes now. When he does, he can see what God has in store for him. In His Word, God calls us to look up from the fleeting pleasures and wealth and comforts and see the grandeur of His love. You have great treasures in Jesus. Every day, you make sure that you set aside time to remind yourselves of what God is doing in, in you and for you, and then you'll be storing up those treasures, enjoying them, being built up and encouraged and motivated by them. And after your eyes are raised to see his promises, give thanks to God for what he's given you every day in prayer. We see Abram built an altar at the end of the story, commemorating and reminding himself of God's promises and his faithfulness. Thanksgiving puts our minds on what we have in him and not what we do not. It also directs our hearts to God as the giver of all good gifts. Every day, make sure you have some time that you give thanks for the goodness of God that he's already given you and for his future promises as well. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. My name is Pastor Jeremy. We want you to visit our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com to find out more about our church. And you can also come visit us every Sunday morning at 10.50 a.m. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.